it's Katie and I am here with the first official episode of the planted podcast and I am so excited like for real because ever since we know the introduction episode has been released I feel so overwhelmed with gratitude from the love and the support that has been shown um and we're just getting started like it's only up from here so if you enjoyed the introduction episode it is my prayer that when you listen to this episode that you also enjoy it as well and you take something from it um this is something that god has put on my heart for a while and really recently gave me the green light to share and i really believe that it's something that people need to hear for the new year because like in 2024, we're not playing small. Like, we're coming for it all. I want everything that God has in store for me. I'm going to be in my word. I'm staying prayed up. Like, we're showing up and showing out for God because that's how he does for us. And we're going to show the world, like, what our faith can do. So I'm just super excited to share with you all today. I pray that as you listen to this, it resonates with you. Um, and really just like stirs up something in your spirit to really walk in your purpose and carry out the plans that God has given you. So without further ado, let's jump into it. All right, y'all, we're going to be reading today from 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1 through 7. And it says, the wife of a man from the company of the prophets cry out to Elisha, your servant, my husband is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all of your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her sons, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go, sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. So let's first like paint the picture, right? Because as I mentioned in the introduction episode, when I read scripture or when I'm like studying the word, I really like to understand the context, like what was happening during this time. If I was in this specific passage, like how I would be acting, like all the things. And so when we see in chapter one or in verse one, sorry, it mentions that, you know, there's a creditor, right? So she has a debt that she has to repay because her husband has passed away. And back in the day, if you had a debt, you would potentially have to sell like family members to slavery. And in this instance, she might have had to sell her children into slavery has she not been able to pay her debt? So this lady was bankrupt. Like she needed to figure something out and she needs to figure out something fast. 
she has a problem, but she also has an idea. But mostly, like, this is fueled from a desire. Like, she has a desire to save her son. She has a desire to make things right with these creditors. And so she goes to the prophet Elisha, and she's like, okay, I need to figure this out. What are we going to do? And he gives her some instructions. She had little resources, right? Like, it says that she has nothing. She said, you know, I don't have anything at all. But then turns around and says, well... I have a little bit, but it's not really a lot. It's just this one little jar of oil. But she had a lot of faith. That's the thing. Like, even though she knew she didn't have a lot to work with, she didn't have anything to do but listen and be obedient. Like, she said, Lord, I ain't got a lot, but the little that I do have, I'm going to give to you because I have this desire and I know that only you can help me with it. So we see through this passage that God was able to use what she brought to him, what she thought wasn't good enough, plus her obedience, that's key, and provided overflow. And I love this passage so much because it didn't say that like when she got instructions that she had a rebuttal, like she didn't ask the prophet like, now nah, the prophet, I know I just told you, <laughs> I only got this one little jar of oil, you know. She didn't go and say, well, why would I do that? That doesn't make any sense. Like, she just got straight to it. And oftentimes when God gives us an assignment, we always have so many questions. And we often are not obedient or are hesitant, hesitant to be obedient because we want all the answers first before we're able to, like, really carry out the assignment. But today, y'all, I want to talk about this idea. And I have really been pondering on this passage for some time, and I've even heard it shared in different ways. I actually was just recently listening to Yvonne Orgy's book, which is really good. It's called um, Bamboos About Jesus, and she talked about, like, give God a bigger bag, and, you know, like, you've probably heard this story in the Bible about the widow and the olive oil and all the things, but today I want to share about don't limit your capacity. Now, recently, the word capacity, like we often associate that with, you know, are your mental or your emotional bandwidth. Like sometimes, you know, you'll be like, oh, I don't have the capacity to, you know, hear this right now. And you really are thinking about like your emotions. But often you also might think about it like your ability to like stretch yourself. Like, OK, do I have the capacity to like take this on? But when I was looking more into the word capacity, I found a definition that really like spoke volumes to me, especially when we think about taking on assignments from God and being obedient to what he has told us to do. And it said the amount that something can produce. And I want you to think about yourself as the something, like the amount that Katie can produce, the work that Katie can carry out, the projects that God has told Katie to do that she is being obedient in and actually putting out into the earth. And I want to think about the capacity that we limit for ourselves when we minimize the things that God has given us to be able to carry out the assignment. The widow in this passage had a desire, but she felt like she didn't have what she needed or what she did. She felt like it wasn't enough for God to bless her. And this reminds me like how so often we have things that we want God to do for us and plans and instructions that God has given us. And 
you really allow fear and doubt to get in the way of carrying out those plans because you think what you already have is not enough. We put a limit on what God can do for us and minimize the things that we have already to act on faith and you stay complacent. Like God will say, okay, you know, I want you to start this business and you be thinking, oh Lord, like I don't have enough followers. You know, people aren't going to support me. I don't know how I'm going to get any financial sponsorships. I don't have the adequate skills, but if God has given you the plan and the dream, don't you think that he's going to give you like the resources that you need to carry it out? Like, what is it time for you to do that God has told you to do or think about capacity produce that you have been ignoring? Like, I know personally, I can resonate with this so deeply because there have been times that God has specifically given me an idea and I just sit on it for months and years and it's I can't shake it I mean this is a perfect example this podcast is a perfect example but I let fear and doubt and like the worries and all those things limit my capacity because I was afraid of being unsuccessful the widow in the text says she only had a small jar of oil and you think about oil as like a value of currency. But y'all, what excites me the most is also like throughout the Bible, oil is referred to as and in, in, in associated with the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit. So let's think about that for a moment. Like this scripture, I just love it so much because I really think about this, what, this as you don't really have to have it all if you have God. Like when you have the, his presence and you're walking and you have his spirit living within you, if he gives you a plan, he gives you an idea, you don't have to have all of the answers as long as you have him. Like when you are in the presence of God, that's all you need to kickstart your plan. And could it be that the plan that you have in mind can't begin until you involve God and invite him in to lead you? When God gives you an idea, he isn't giving it to you to figure it out on your own. Like he is the oil. He is the Holy, the Holy Spirit is what you need to get started. He wants to be a part of it, whether that's a nonprofit that you want to start, you know, walking into your calling as a caterer or a private chef, being a hairstylist, entrepreneurship, like whatever it is. If he has given you the plan and you have the oil, aka his presence, his spirit guiding you, his words, then you have what you need to get started. You don't have to figure out the fine print and the miscellaneous details in order to walk in your purpose and get the, get the ball rolling with your assignment that God has given you. Let's go back to the scripture though, because I want to take a look at verse three. It says, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. This man is literally telling her, ask for more. Like, do not limit your capacity. Do not say, well, God, I don't got this one jar of oil, so I hope you bless it. No, ask for more. Like, ask for the things that you want. Oftentimes, we hinder our own success because we put a limit on how much you can carry or you have a fear of asking for things because you feel like you'll be unsuccessful. God, I can't ask them for the money to get started. They're going to say no. God, I don't have to, the, enough time. I need more time. 
I, I won't be able to do this by myself. I, I need people to help me. I need to, I need to get started. I don't know everything about X, Y, Z. You're literally limiting your capacity before you even try. And you, again, don't have to figure it all out because he wants to help you. He wants you to invite him in and ask for more. You don't have time. God, increase my increase my time. Allow me to be able to carve out time in the day to really work on this business plan that you've given me. God, I don't have money right now to get this started. God, I pray that you give me uh, the money and the resources that I need to get started on this opportunity and this venture that you've given me. God, I don't have people in my corner that can really help me to carry out this vision. You know, I want to start an event planning business, but it's kind of hard to set up an event by yourself, you know, in only a couple hours. I, I think I might need a team, but I don't really know who I'm going to work with. God, can you just help me to increase my circle and allow people that will be in my life that can help me to carry out this vision that you've given me ask for more like the prophet elisha literally told this lady to do that and she literally went and was obedient and did just that she didn't just limit it to her one jar she asked god to increase what she had so that she was able to carry out the assignment and she was able to be obedient to the instructions that elisha had given her I want to think about today not limiting our capacity. Like I've talked about it and I know I've shared a little bit, but I want to break this text apart so that we can really think about not limiting our capacity. And in the introduction episode, I talked a little bit about this, but what helps me to better understand the Bible is literally like imagining myself in the text. So I want you to think about yourself being the widow or and, and think about this debt that she has as something in your life personally that resonates with you. What is it that you have that's an idea or a problem or a need that you have been praying about or that God has given you specific instructions for, but you feel like what you have is not enough to get started? So the first thing that we have to do, just like the lady and just like the widow in the Bible, is to seek God's guidance. When she had this problem, I don't know, I, it doesn't give, you know, previous context, but I can just imagine that she probably wasn't out here talking to all these other people about the issue that she had because they couldn't really do anything to solve it. Like she went straight to the prophet. She went straight to this man of God to help get some guidance on how she needed to get started. And when she did that, she asked, what do I need to do? And he asked her, you know, what can I do to help you? And she told him, have those conversations with God. Ask for clarity. Ask that he directs your path. God, I know you placed this idea in me, but I don't really know what it looks like. I know that I have this desire and this will to do something, but I want to make sure that it's aligned with the will that you have for my life. Ask God to really guide you and give you clarity on the, the things that are pressing on your heart so that you're able to understand what it really looks like earthside to do what his will is for your life. You know, I feel like it's easy to say things to friends and to you know, talk to about your issues with family, but go to God. He's the source. He's going to be able to provide the resources that you need and or put the resources in place and the people in place to help you to carry out this purpose. Tell God how you feel. God, I feel a little unprepared. I don't really know if I'm qualified to do this, but you know, you've given me this idea. Y'all, I'm not going to lie. When God gave me the idea for planting, I... <laughs> I was like, you mean what? Like, what am I? What? What do you want me to do? Like, I was, I was shook. 
I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be like a YouTube series. I didn't know if I should just like post social media content. I didn't know. I really didn't. But I prayed and for months I communed with God about this. I spent intimate time praying and asking God, what is it? Help me to put all these thoughts that are in my head on paper. Help me to take everything that you've given me and this vision that you've given me and make it make sense. Like I need help. I really was so confused and felt like I didn't know what to do, but I had to go to God. Like I really did. I was, I was lost for months when I had this idea because I was like, God, is this just my idea? Is this something that you've given me? But through prayer came confirmation. I saw God real bad. Like I was desperate for answers. And when you ask, he will give them to you. So go to God, seek God for guidance. The second thing is surrender your lack of confidence. Like that lady said, I have nothing. Now, why would she say that? Because she knew she had something, but she just felt like it wasn't good enough. She literally said, I have nothing. She felt like she wasn't good enough to get this debt forgiven. She said, well, God, you know, I have a little bit, but it's probably not going to be enough. Like, I literally feel like that's probably how she was thinking. And that's the same thing that we do with ourselves. Like, we will go to God. He will give us an assignment. He will give us instructions. And then you want to come back telling him you can't do it. And you and you feel like you don't have the capacity to take things on or to produce this new idea that he's giving you. When God gave me this idea for planting, y'all, I struggled so much because I felt so inadequate. I felt like I didn't have the right tools. I was really asking God, like, why me? I promise y'all, I literally said, why me? Like, I'm not a preacher. I don't know all the stories in the Bible. Like, I literally still use the table of context to be able to navigate, like, where specific chapters are in the Bible. Like, I literally asked God, like, who am I? to be teaching people or sharing about the Bible and about God. And you know what God said to me? You're my child. I stopped dead in my tracks. I didn't have a single third thing to say because that is so true. Like I literally heard God tell me, you're my child. I'm sitting here asking God, who am I to be able to carry this out? Who am I to do this? Who am I to that? You're my child. But that's real, though. Like, you do not have to have all of the expertise and the credentials behind your name. You don't have to have the fancy titles. Your authority, your credentials are simply being his child. I know it's so hard for us to think about that because, you know, you feel inadequate. You feel like you don't have what it takes to really do kingdom work or to do what God has called you to do. You know, it might even be a thing where if you are like me, you might think, well, nobody in my family ever did this or like I didn't go to school for this specific thing. But you don't have to have all of those extra things when it's an assignment from God. You don't have to work overtime. You don't have to spend years in school or study for an exam to earn your authority. It literally is freely given to you when you believe in John chapter one, verse 12 through 13. Let's check this out. It says, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born, not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. 
Y'all, there are no hoops to jump through to be his child. And being his child means having dominion and authority, not over other people, but over your circumstances. Like, when you really think about that, God has freely given you the authority to do everything that he has called you to do. Not only that, but to defeat anything that comes away, all comes your way. All of the, that negative talk, all of those ideas of I can't do this because X, Y, Z, he has given you the power to defeat anything that comes up against your plan and his calling on your life. You have to just walk in that authority, like walk in it. It's freely given to you. You don't have to do anything to earn it. All you have to do is just rock it, like just do you and, and go forth in the power that he's already given y'all. Y'all, this scripture right here that I'm going to share fired me up, like, and when I read this, and, and, and look, as I've been getting deeper in the word, like, when I read stuff, I'd be like, yeah, like, God really be talking and sharing things that really will give you a type of confidence about yourself that can't nobody take away. Like, he will say something, and you'll be like, oh, that's right. Or you'll hear how Jesus carried himself, and you'll be like, okay. Okay, like, I feel you, God. So in Luke chapter 10, verse 19, it says, uh, watch this word again. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Think about what snakes or scorpions are existing in your life right now that are getting in the way of what God has placed on your heart. Like, really think about that. For me, my snakes and scorpions were doubt. My snakes and scorpions were fear, insecurity, imposter syndrome. All of those things existed for me, and I wasn't trampling on them. I was letting those things dwell in me and keep me from walking out my God-given purpose. And I want us to really think about that because you don't have to let those things dwell in you when God's already given you the authority to trample it. It didn't say God has given you the authority to walk around it. God has given you the authority to throw it away and act like it doesn't exist. No, it said God has given you the authority to trample it. That means to defeat it, to get it out of here. It doesn't have any place in your life, in your mind, in your heart. And I want you to think about those things and really pray against it because we have the authority already living within us. And again, we just need to walk in it. But just like the widow in the scripture, God just wants us to bring those things to him. Go to God in prayer. He's gonna do the rest. Go to God with your, with your snakes and your scorpions. Tell him how you're feeling. Whether that's, again, naysayers, people negative. Oh, girl, you know, well, when I started, you know, my business, it, it ain't that ain't got nothing to do with me, like, respectfully. I mean, you cannot allow those type of things to get in the way. You just have to trample over it. You really do. Pray against it because he's going to do the rest. When you pray against it, he'll remove it real quick. Like, I was having a conversation with my friend and shout out to gospel. And he was sharing with me like about when he started a venture that it, God had placed on his heart. Um, you know, he, he was like, I don't really know if I'm qualified to do this. Like he was a little nervous, right? But 
he said something so profound to me that I just was like, I have to share with the planted listeners. And that's this idea that God is not ever going to give you an idea or a plan that you can do by yourself. Because then you won't rely on him. Like, if you can just do something and you never have to pray about it, and you do something, you never have to invite God in to, you know, show up on your behalf, and you you do things and you never have to, you know, uh, allow God the, the room to stretch your faith, it, it it's not bringing him glory. And, and then in that, that means that he's giving us things that prove his goodness to others. He wants to give you things that come with a few challenges and that you have to seek him for because then it shows, okay, this is what happens when you have crazy faith. This is what happens when there's a supernatural intervention. You know, if it was just all our doing, eh, you would think it, it came from you and it didn't. That business idea wasn't yours. Your skills are not yours. God gave you those things, and but he wants to do things that bring him glory. So you just have to be able to know that your help is not a, it's not a you thing. It's coming from God, but seek him for that. Go to God, ask him for what you need. Ask him to strengthen your skills because if you do it all on your own, it it, it might not be successful. And that's just me being being real real blunt right now. Like if you do it your way, who's I don't I can't sit up here and say, "Oh, you know, yeah, girl, you're going to prosper." Because if God gave you that assignment and you didn't invite him in, then how you gonna get it done? Like you got to seek him and invite him in. The next part is showing him your obedience. When the widow got her instructions, y'all, she did exactly what she was told to do. He said, go ask for your jars. He said, go inside, shut the door behind your sons. Like he literally told her, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. She didn't have a rebuttal for it. She didn't, you know, take her time. I mean, she got right to it. Like she did exactly what God, what the prophet had told her and what God had instructed her to do. God does not need your help. He literally just needs your participation. Yvonne already said that in her book. And y'all, I, I, I probably replayed that part about 30 times because I said, oh, you mean he don't need me to... He don't need me to do nothing. I just got to be obedient. I just have to participate in his will. He, okay, okay. So I want to think about that again. He doesn't need your help. He just needs your participation. Your participation also means your obedience. Like, that is, that's real. Like, the plan is going to get carried out regardless, whether it's through you or through somebody in California who he's given the plan to, like, it's going to get carried out regardless because it's, for, it's to bring him glory. But the question is, is it going to be through you or through someone else? He just needs your participation. That's it. That's all. He just needs your obedience. The widow did not waste any time, y'all. And I know that she probably was wondering, like, now how this finna work? I just told this man I got one little jar of oil. He talking about that. I, I'm just confused. How is this going to work? And it's okay to be confused. It's okay to wonder and, you know, to even ask questions. You know, we kind of grew up thinking that we were not allowed to ask God questions. But through different teachings that I've been, you know, under and through different studying that I've done, I know that God invites questions. He wants us to ask him questions. He wants us to commune with him to get the answers that we need. So ask questions. 
you might be, you know, have a few things that you're wondering and it's okay to do that, but you still have to be obedient. You still have to do it scared. You still have to go out and walk out in your faith with your questions in mind, but you're still doing it. God, okay, I'm going to do it, but can you, can you tell me maybe a little bit about this? God, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to go right now and apply for that loan that you told me to apply for or to go ahead and put that grant out there or go ahead and create my graphic, even though I don't have a business yet. God, I'm going to do it. You know, can, can you help me a little bit? It's okay. Like he wants us to invite him in, but you still have to be obedient. Like you still got to be obedient. And part of her obedience when, that I really get excited about was this idea when he said, uh, shut the doors behind you. Now, I want y'all, why, why do you think he said that? Why, after he gave her an instruction, do you think he told her to shut the doors behind her? Probably because he knew that she wouldn't, she would have been disobedient if she was distracted. Probably. That's what I think. He literally told her, shut the doors. That, think about that. That means that she closed off potential distractions. She got rid of things that were going to get her knocked off the course that God had already put on her life. So that's the last thing you got to do. Stay the course. Don't allow things to get in the way of your obedience. Don't allow things to knock you off the plan that God has given, given you. In this scripture, it says she left him. This is verse five. She left him and shut the door behind her and her son. They brought her the jars and she kept pouring. She kept pouring. She, she literally kept pouring. You might get told no, keep pouring. You might have an idea that doesn't work out the way that you thought it was going to in your head, keep pouring. You might plan an event and the amount of people that you plan for don't show up, keep pouring. Like you have to keep pouring. Once the widow has shut, got what she needed and she was instructed to shut the doors behind her, I literally visualize, you know, when we shut a door, like, what are you keeping out? Think about your actual home. When you shut out, when you shut the door, you close the door at night, you lock it up. What are you sh shutting out? You're shutting out critters, strangers, you know, the cold air, all those things. It's the same way when you're carrying out or executing the plan that God has given you. You have to close the door to your home your mind, your heart, your spirit, and keep out things that can disrupt your plan. Like negative people can really, really get you sidetracked. And not even just other negative people, your own negative self-talk. But here's the thing, y'all, your purpose doesn't involve others' participation. Like that, hold up, because I, I want to say that again. Your purpose doesn't involve others' participation. It doesn't mean that you have to figure it out alone. Just like I mentioned earlier, you know, you might want to get you a team together. You might want to, you know, have some followers to get things started, you know, all that things. Even the widow, you know, she had to go out and get jars from her neighbor. She had help from others. But it doesn't mean that your plan will be unsuccessful without people of this world. God was going to bless her one jar regardless. I really believe that. 
God is good like that. He he can show up supernaturally. He was going to bless her one jar regardless. But I believe that he wanted to see if she had the faith and obedience first before providing her overflow. So again, keep pouring. When things feel like you don't know how it's going to turn out and you know, you're met with a little bit of disappointment when you first start, keep pouring. Don't let how much or how little others back your assignment to determine how hard that you go for yourself and for God. Because at the end of the day, sometimes your obedience to God can be used as a testimony to others. The widow's obedience not only saved her son's life and saved them from captivity and from slavery, but the last verse of this says her sons lived on what was left you might be like me you're the first person in your family trying a new path doing something a little different your purpose it doesn't just include the, the things that god has given you these ideas it involves breaking generational curses you walking in faith and doing what god has called you to do and following and being obedient to to the calling that he's placed on your life it's going to stir up some faith in the people around you because they're going to see, okay, she couldn't do it by herself. He couldn't do it alone. But when they did it God's way, oh, they're not going to have no choice but to be successful. Like your faithless friend might need to see how you never gave up on your dream to activate something within them. It's somebody looking at you right now that knows the skills that you have, that knows the mindset that you have. And, and they they looking at you probably wondering, why, why, why she ain't why she ain't do it? Well, maybe if she do it, then I can do it. You never know. It's always bigger than what we really think because it, it's kingdom work. When God has called you to do something, it's not about you. It ain't got nothing to do with you, if we're being honest. It's about the kingdom. It's about activating your faith it's about walking in obedience it's about leaning on him god i increase my capacity for success that's my prayer right now don't let me to limit my capacity increase my capacity so that the other people around me can see your goodness again it's bigger than y'all god wants to use your journey as a new billboard of faith he wants you to be so on fire and so matter of fact that it was all his doing that you're able to say, God did it. God did it. Like, for real. And don't don't be scared. Do it scared. If you're scared, do it scared. But you don't have to be scared. You don't have to worry and, and wonder how things are going to turn out. God literally says so many times in the Bible not to be afraid. Have no fear. Y'all, when I was looking up some scriptures and I was really thinking about that, I, I wanted to look up God, you know, because in the Bible it says a few different times, like, you know, have no fear or do not be afraid. Like it says it so many times, but in different ways. But man, this, this tripped me out. In the Bible, y'all, the Lord literally speaks 365 times, 365 times in the Bible regarding not being afraid or fearful. That is literally the encouragement that you need for every single day of this upcoming new year to remember God's purposes to remember God's promises and don't have fear about your purpose. Don't have fear about what he's called you to do because he wants you to do it. He's giving you that idea. He's giving you that business plan in your mind. He's giving you these phenomenal skills and he wants it to be profitable for you. 
You just have to walk, walk in it and walk in your authority. The rest is going to come. The rest is going to come. Don't be afraid. Be obedient. That, that that's really that that might be my new mantra. Don't be afraid, be obedient. Like that just came to me because when you walk in obedience, the rest is going to the rest is going to figure itself out because it's a God thing, not a you thing. So I want to just take some time to like really reflect on what I shared today. Because at the end of the day, God just wants your obedience. And and pray that prayer. God help me to not limit my capacity. Help me to not put a cap on what you want to do for me. Help me to allow you to come in and supersede everything that I potentially was going to do on my own. Because only you can do the supernatural. He literally just wants our obedience. I imagine God looking over us as we overthink and we talk ourselves out of things. And he's literally thinking, she has no clue how good this can get. He has no idea how I'm going to use him. But you'll never know unless you be like the widow. Seek God's guidance. Surrender the lack of confidence. Show him your obedience and stay the course. So let's just take a time really quick to reflect. Is there something that God has put on your heart that you're limiting your capacity to carry out? Is there an idea that has been on your mind for a long period of time, no matter how much you do, you can't shake it. Take some time, whether it's right now or in your quiet time with God, and write it out and ask God questions about it. Don't allow your dreams to die and the cause of death be fear, doubt, lack of faith, or insecurity. If you're alive, you still have purpose, and you can start walking in your purpose today. Y'all, 2024 is going to be a good one. I'm excited to see that all, all that God has in store for each and every one of you that listen to this. I love y'all. I pray that this was a blessing to you. I pray that this inspires you to be obedient to what God has called you to do. And from experience, I know it's hard. You know, you you have all these things, especially of this world that are competing with your with your mental bandwidth. And you have these things that you feel are, are weighing heavily on your heart. It's hard, but it's so worth it. It is so worth it to do what God has called you to do. The rewards are there. And I'm not even talking about monetary rewards. It could just be peace, freedom, you know, again, activating your faith, strengthening your mind. The rewards are there. It's just on us to go get it. So I love y'all and let's live planted.